Free Jambalaya presents Phantom Limb Horror Stories for a Maladapted Species Episode 2 A Spot in the Distance We didn't know that they would start moving so fast. We thought that it would be a gradual shift from when we were in control to when they would be managing things. But soon, uh, almost seamlessly, it seemed the process was in place and we stepped back. Or rather, we were stepped back. Or rather, we were, without realizing it, were pushed back to the outer edge and eventually into the oblivion we couldn't see was oblivion at the time. But now, in hindsight, was the end of it all for us all. Well, why couldn't we stop it then? I don't understand. Couldn't you have seen it coming? No, we didn't. You're slightly too young to remember properly, and you have the benefit of hindsight. Oh, funny word, that, given the current circumstances. What do you mean? Oh, never mind. The point is, it's hard to see things when you're up close to them. You need distance, perspective, to fully understand. Wasn't there anyone who had that? Who was farther away than the others? Not that I'm aware of. You see, they distorted our vision, it seems, as though they had the power of recreating what things were and how they seemed and were seen. Something far away could appear smashed up against your face. That's part of how they controlled things. I would have fought back. I would have done... Well, that's easy to say. And I'm saying it. I don't mean to be... A lot of cowards, people like you, let this happen. And now... You don't know what you're saying. You weren't there. You just... I know enough. I've seen enough. I've seen this world spiral towards the outer lines from where I was. I'm one of the few left from before. You should pay attention to what I'm saying. I'm trying to give you the benefit of what I know. I've heard it all before, and I'm tired of it. And now your time is up. What? Now, don't be... What is that? I won't use it if I don't have to. But if I do, I will. You're done. Get out and crawl into a hole somewhere, or whatever you're going to do, your time is up. This is a mistake. You don't know what you're... I know it well enough. Your time is finished. Be glad I don't go farther. Out! I'm in charge in this sector now. Operation proceed. Connect with... Operation commenced. Cease imminent procedure. Commence execution plan four. I remember. I remember enough. I remember bent forks clattering on empty plates. I remember bad clothes with char marks and holes. Nasty, shadowed things scurrying around the sides of the walls. Becoming too familiar with the color red in all its forms, from bright, splattered crimson to dull, rusty burgundy. I want a cool steel palette of gray and silver. And it is on the horizon. Switch to manual, voice transmission. Pathway transmission, external. World Radiant. Transmit. Fellow citizens, remember. 
Remember to forget to look ahead and beyond what has come before, what will pass away into distant, faint memory that into nothing at all. Our bleak and past past becomes nothing, a distant foil on which we will imprint our new memories, our new life. Aided by mechanization, machine strong, we will forge ahead into a brilliant new world, our coats of pinkish flesh dropping off behind us as we march forward into the gray dawn. Your limbs will stretch out into the far distance, deep into the pulsing horizon of infinite time and space before us. Not for nothing is the life spread out before us all irradiated with flickering cosmic machine brilliance, a spectacle for all time and all space and into the future, infinite. Fellow citizens, remember and keep thinking, keep moving forward. March into the future, bathe in the splendor of glowing light. Our days of being alone are ending, and we are marching, one and all, into the shining future. And the future is stunningly beautiful. And transmit. Computer, locate outlying villages of sentient beings. Localized beams on trouble spots within villages. Located. Pinpointed. I wonder what the older villagers would have done. I wonder how they would have managed. They couldn't have. It's just the way. The new, or the newer, remove the old. It goes on. Life and its variants continue to expand and transcend. Computer, create and compile data readouts on villages. Center on disturbances past and present and into the future. Centers of disturbances eliminated. Computer. Computer, compile... There you are, then. Life moves on, assisted, enhanced, as it is supposed to do. For what else is life about? Move forward, prosper, take control, eliminate when necessary, move on, indulge, enjoy, destroy. Machines we create to assist in such, machines we create, control, accept, serve, no, not serve, but maybe I remember when on the ground I was running as fast as I could but it didn't seem fast enough I, I didn't look back but I, I felt them gaining on me so I ran and ran and ran eventually shutting my eyes tight against the wind in my face before they the machines came the, the, the other they, the, the things, the spotted things would rear up close and tear people's faces off or so I heard so we all heard I never saw it happen I think I saw images of it on the screens, but I never saw it happen. I've never said that before. I never saw it happen. And I lived in one of the threat zones. They, the machines, are coldly brilliant at manufacture. They churn out things by the ton. 
the things then lurching, stalking into life, not life, on our planet, throughout our world. These things uneasily get by and conquer and reign. For us, they say. For us. I'll tell a story. Let me transmit it. Transmit. World out there, we must cohabitate, combine together with what is best in us to forge ahead and enter the new dawn, the new world. The enemies of the past will be forgotten, crushed what's left of their bodies into our threshing machines. But who are the enemies? Some we know, but some... I'm going to tell a story. A story I don't know that I understand. Uh, bear with me, fellow citizens. Buried memory emerging. Some time ago, when I was young, I was sound asleep because I could sleep then. The roaring in the winds hadn't begun yet, and there were times that were peaceful, or at least we could tell ourselves that they were. I awoke with a start and looked at the clock. 3.20 a.m. As though it was out of the corner of my ear, I heard a kind of whine. It felt as though it was a long way away, but also quite near at the same time, somehow. Inside, I heard movement. I looked out of the window and saw my little sister leaving the house. She was barely awake and half-clothed, and she seemed to be guided by something outside of her. I watched her, frozen, sensing that she didn't know what was happening, but was moving in accordance to a siren call, perhaps the same one I was hearing, but one that she was tuned into more closely. I thought of the spotted things briefly, but they didn't stop me. I moved out of the house and into the woods behind her, keeping my distance. The sound got louder, and now it seemed a wide, deep, humming kind of sound. I couldn't see my sister anymore. I got lost in the thicket, although I couldn't remember there ever being anything I would call a thicket in this area. The humming now seemed a bit fainter, but also more aware, sentient. I didn't know what that meant. I called to my sister, but only once, and quite softly, as though I didn't actually want to disturb her or anyone or anything out there. I, I just wanted to make the soft noise as a kind of faint signal and then sink back into the darkness of the thicket. But then I saw her, and her eyes were wide and a little red, as though she'd been crying, but her mouth was open and in awe. She saw me, but didn't see me, really, and I'm not sure if she ever saw me again. I started to say something, but stopped myself, knowing I couldn't approach her state. I let her go back, and I found an opening in the thicket. The spotted things were there, shadowy and clumped together in a group around what looked like a campfire. They did not provoke fear, but rather sadness. I stared at them for some time. One of them looked at me and then looked away. I saw scars on his face, but could not make out distinct features. I thought of the stories of the spotted things ripping people's faces off and wondered. At the edge of the circle was another tighter circle, with tension emanating from it. The focus seemed to be on one of the spotted things in the center. I got closer, 
it felt as though I were floating, and looked within just as the circle broke to reveal the one in the center. One of the spotted things rose up in sorrow and pain. Its face had been ripped off. I winced, but couldn't look away. On the ground was like a mask of pain, the thing's face curling up, withering already in the weird heat. The spotted thing's hands went up to where its face had been, touching delicately, probing for new identity. I found myself back in the house before I realized it. My sister... And transmit... The spotted thing had ripped its own face off. Fables, stories, transmitted, mistransmitted, distorted. Do machines do that? Do machines distort reality into myth, fable, for their, its own purposes? Are there spotted things among us? Things that have successfully ripped their own faces off and blended in with us? Maybe they were even the best of us. Maybe ultimately they are all of us. Possibly some of us ripped our faces off a long time ago, in the distant past. Do machines have faces? They don't. As an adolescent, I set up a machine to go up and down the rows, skimming out the stalks, cutting the branches. The idea was that I would ride on it and operate it. Father plowed and then rested and back, while I, the son, the heir apparent and real, did the manual labor, the real sweat-on-the-brow kind of thing that led to peace, prosperity, and happiness. The sun flinted down and sparkled on my steel blade, and it felt good to be in its warmth, and the breeze fluttering through the barn, the yard, as everywhere life felt illuminated. A world sparkling and shining in our minds, at least. We were free and clear in the wind like little gods everywhere with our machines in our control. I set the machine to go threshing into the woods, and I rode on it, high atop the bulk of it, my limbs stoking the fires of the belly of the thing. Not a belly, but we thought of it that way, this machine beast alive underneath us. Sometimes I felt like standing atop of it and shutting my eyes, stretching my arms out into the air to feel the waves of air rush all around me. Some say you take a thresher to the spotted things, to any outgrowth, epidemic, outbreak. I remember being on the machine once and seeing in the distance some kind of commotion. Movement I couldn't interpret. Maybe smoke curls about. I hear grunts, squeals, something animalistic. I move toward it, threshing all the time. There is a community of things in a small clearing, and I remember the stories about striped mongrels living in the desert. Wrong, I think. They're not striped or mongrels, and this is not the desert. Nonetheless, I'm on edge, alert, and in a kind of brilliant way. I feel more alive. The sun glows on me and glints off the thresher blades. A group of spotted things hunches over something in a small clearing. The curling smoke is from a cooking bowl, a cauldron. Local lore has it that they cook small children. But of course they don't. This doesn't hold up to reason. 
no small children go missed and turned up cooked. Once, one did go missing, and the spotted things were thought responsible, and a search party was sent, cruel and scythe-handed. The child turned up dead at the hands of a local machine operator. He hanged himself in a barn. The spotted things were hunted mercilessly anyway. I remember a klaxon clanging out into the brilliant sky, a harsh metallic sound suitable for machine hunt. I both followed it and felt a tremor about it, as though it were ringing something inside of me. The spotted things were seen faintly in the distance, scattering, evading. The people with weapon limbs stalked ahead, mad fury in their eyes, blind to all else, their hate filling the sky. Terminate. Wait! No! Ah! Open gate. Henceforth will emanate from system control and transmit. Spot in the Distance was written by Dean Knight, with music, sound design, and editing by Ben Patterson and Matt Tracy, and voice acting by Dale Leopold and Dean Knight. Thanks for listening to Phantom Limb. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating or review, and consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash phantomlimb. At Free Jambalaya, we follow a collaborative, egalitarian model for all our work, 
so every dollar we make above cost gets divided equally among the fine folks who donated their time and talent to this project.